I've made it five seasons thanks to you guys. I appreciate you. This is episode 86. We're going strong. Um, this is Pej the Maniac, your host. Uh, you know where to find me on all socials. Fumble Podcast, of course. Give me a sub- uh, subscribe to my channel. Um, I've been loving this. I've been loving this podcast. And yes, I've uh, specified my focus of this show over the last uh, several weeks on an important issue and that's been going on for way too long, but um, I'm going to dedicate as much time as needed until my home country of Iran is free because uh, enough is enough. 43 years too long. And uh, the guest that I have today is actually one of my closest friends and childhood friends. Uh, We were just talking about from the age of 11 for we're both 11. She'll always be six months older. I've tried to catch up. I can't. <laughs> and she always flexes about that, and I'm sick of it. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, my good friend, 14 years in international broadcast journalism, and um, she's been involved in research and marketing for the past year. She's been doing marketing uh, for much longer, though. Uh, she's my sister from a very scary mister, which I love, uh, and we're going to talk about all that. Uh, Mehnush Karimian. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah. It feels surreal to be like 20 something years of friendship and now here I'm sitting at your podcast. It's surreal. It's gr- I know it's been, it's been a lifetime, right? For most people. It really has. Yeah. I, I've known your sister since like she went through her rocking rock days in high school. I remember that. I remember. Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the tank top and the tie, all of it. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. Uh, yeah. Tell Sahar I love her and miss her too. And, I um, will. I don't yeah. know if she'll share that feeling once she sees this podcast, but I'll let her <laughs> It's all good. Uh, she, can, she, can, uh, she can fight me about it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know she will. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I've been beat up by these girls uh, in, in, as a kid. Uh, in fact, I will start this. Uh, first of all, Yes, you have not seen me post a lot of comedy content. That's by choice. Um, I can do it. It's not, it's not a problem to post comedy, but it has to be tasteful given the uh, climate right now. There are people literally dying. You, you've guys been, heard me talk about this ad nauseum. People are dying in our home country, which both of, were, were, both of us were born in. Um, and that's something we're going to talk about today is the fact that I mean, I don't even know if being lucky is the right word, but we, by the choice of our parents and both of us not being Muslim, uh, growing up in, in the Muslim religion, as you all know, it's no secret in Iran, they persecute anything that doesn't fall in line with this dictatorship, which is, by the way, not Muslim either. It's not Islam at all. It's, uh, it's just a dictatorship, just like that. Just like Putin is a dictatorship. It's the same shit, okay? It's, it, and they're in bed together, by the way, right now. They're helping each other destroy Ukraine, which is another atrocity all, all in itself. Um, our parents deci- uh, decided it was best for their children and their future 
to leave what they knew in Iran and, and come to eventually come to America. Okay. And that's how Mehrnush and I met. And um, uh, we grew up very active as youths in, in, in our religion, the Baha'i faith. Uh, I'm not as active anymore, but that's not the point. The point is we're, we're really close friends as a result. She did uh, make the people in this workshop that we were in pour water on me to wake me up. I, will I did not do that. I was actually very <laughs> against that. I still maintain to this day, and I can name names, but I'm going to be classy and not do that. They wanted to do it. I said, don't. He's going to get grumpy. And what happened? Yeah, you got yeah. grumpy and threatened not to go to the performance. I did so, threaten it. I did make a very Clarify, weak please. I'm still grumpy about it. I'm, I think I'm still <laughs> No, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it was my fault. I was awake the whole time. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I deserved it. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, Manish, man, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. Well, I mean, good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction. Say I'm good, right? But I mean, if we're being completely honest, I don't think anyone in the diaspora is good. I, I, it's certainly nobody in Iran is good. Um, you know, it's, it's rough. It's rough seeing our our mother, like our motherland going through all of this, our, our family, our friends, people, what maybe we don't know, but, you know, brothers and sisters, right? Like these are people that are fighting for their basic human rights and are getting killed. You know, they're doing this through just sheer determination, willpower, going into the streets and fighting. And I mean, it's so, I mean, not to make it about us. Right. But, but it's hard. It's hard being, being outside of Iran and seeing all this happening and, and feeling completely helpless to do anything, um, you know, outside of, uh, outside of, I mean, yes, you can share on social media and stuff like that. And, and it's super important. And I, and I hope we get to that topic, but you know, um, you know, in terms of how I am, I'm, I'm, I'm as good as can be given the climate. Right. It is, it is. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I mean, you guys can ask any, any person of Iranian descent that's, outside of Iran right now. Obviously, it's hard to connect with people inside of Iran. Um, they've cut the internet off. Uh, I was telling you earlier, my parents are there right now, which uh, Mehrnush knows them very well. And um, they, they're, they're supposed to come back soon. Um, but the point of all of this is uh, it's almost in a screwed up way, like poetic that my parents are in Iran right now. And yeah. it's kind of, yeah. Cause, um, and I want to get into this, but I was going to say that any Iranian you, you meet, um, or, you know, uh, this is to all the non-Iranians listening to this or watching this. Um, they, and Marinus posted this on her story. Each of them can tell you of someone they know, or if they've been personally affected by the cruel practices of this regime, uh, of this dictatorship, again, I, I, I let you know, it's a dictatorship because nothing they're doing, they're actually a terrorist group, okay? They're, they're, they're now called the IRGC terrorists, and I'm not apologizing about that. That's exactly what they are. What they do is, uh, it, it's, it's ongoing. Unfortunately, we don't even have enough time in a day to list all the law, bullshit laws they have to, to persecute you. And, and eventually kill you. People can get killed. Mehrnush and I have personal stories, okay, of our moms having had to deal with this regime firsthand, okay, firsthand. And I'll let you get into that as much as you'd like to, but um, 
you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mom. So, you know, as you mentioned, <clears throat> our families are um, members of the Baha'i faith. And, um, you know, it's a religion that's less than 200 years old. It's the world's most recent uh, independent religion. Um, and, and when I say that, I mean, because the religion started in Iran, people tend to think it's a faction of Islam and it's not. Um, it's a completely independent religion. And so for this regime who claims to be an Islamic regime, right? Um, they supposedly believe in, 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 in the seal of the prophets, right? That Muhammad said that I'm the seal of the prophets. There's no one supposed to be coming after me. So as far as they're concerned, anyone that has come after Islam um, is a heretic, right? A non-believer and a heretic. And so they must die. And literally the Baha'i faith is the only um, religion in the Iranian constitution that is not, they're not recognized under the Iranian um, constitution. Zoroastrianism is, Christianity is, Judaism is, uh, don't get me wrong, because they are 100% persecuted as well. So, you know, quote unquote, they're accepted in the Constitution. They're absolutely not there. They're very much persecuted as well. But definitely the Baha'i faith, members of the Baha'i faith in Iran are persecuted the most out of any religious minority for that reason. Um, and so uh, it was in 19, I want to say 83 or 84. My mom was 28 years old and um, she was just a Sunday school teacher for kids. Um, and she and my father had just recently been married. And um, my father went to work that morning and um, he had actually seen my mom in the morning, right? I had seen what she was wearing. They said goodbye. He went to work and they came and arrested her simply for being a Sunday school teacher, um, took her to prison. Thankfully, uh, one of the neighbors saw this happen um, and was able to kind of let them know. Um, and this was in Tehran at the time. They were actually visiting her brother. How they even find people like this is how they track people, right? Like. They were visiting her brother's house. It wasn't like she was in her own home either. So it's, it's just crazy. Um, and you would think, like, why, why do that for a Sunday school teacher? But like, this is this is completely common practice for the regime, right? Just finding everyday people because they're members of the Baha'i faith or other um, religious minorities and, and and arresting them. Anyway, they they took her to prison. They actually ended up taking her to Ivin prison, which is obviously just recently been in the news. It's the most notorious prison in Iran. And when we talk about prison, and I mentioned this in one in a video that I had posted, we talk about prison. You generally think like criminals, but this is where religious minorities are housed, political prisoners. A lot of the prisoners that have been, um, a lot of the protesters that have been taken during this time have been taken to Ivin. So this is not like a prison generally where they're actual criminals. These are like prisoners of conscience, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they took her there and she was there for three months. The crazy thing is they, they, in addition to all like the physical torture and everything else that they, they inflict on, 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 on Baha'is and, and, and these types of prisoners in general, they also mess with you a lot psychologically, right? So that, that day when my dad came home, the neighbor told him, you know, they came and took me, they like, they, you know, took her to prison. I don't know which one. Like, they don't, they, it's not like they knew. And my dad went around looked for her and everything like that. And finally he went to Ivy. And when he went to Ivy, they told him that they handed him the, they had, when they had arrested her, they told her to bring an additional pair of clothes with her. When she got to the prison, they had her change into it. And then they took the original clothes that they had, that she was wearing that day when my dad had last seen her, gave it to my dad and said, we killed her, go home. I mean, to the extent like the family, like that night, like held like a, like a, like they were like, we're not going to give you the body, go home, she's dead. And like, you know, there was like a whole, everyone thought she died. And so, um, you know, she was held there for three months, then finally transferred up to um, a prison in Saudi, in, in, in the province of Mazandaran in the north, um, and where she was held in solitary confinement there for a month. 
um, and then and then finally, she was you weren't born yet, obviously, right? This no, is- no, this was this was before my parents were married, and um, or excuse me, before I was born, this at, right after my parents got married and before I was born. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just crazy. The story my mom tells me they they took her to the prison that the day that they took her. First of all, they think Baha'is are impure, so they won't touch a Baha'i, right? So what they would do? First of all, they blindfold you. And then what they would do is roll up a newspaper and they would hold one end of the newspaper and have the Baha'is hold the other. And that's what they did to my mom because they didn't want to touch them because they were impure, right? And so they told my mom when they took her there, they're like, they told her where they were. They said she was in the prison courtyard. They took her out, put her in the courtyard and told her they were going to run her over. They're like, you Baha'is, you're this and you're that and we're going to kill you. And so numerous times with the with the, with the the truck that they had brought her in, they with her blindfold still on, she, they put her in the middle of the courtyard and she was like, I resigned myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to get killed today like it is what it is you know said a prayer and 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 just had accepted it and um they kept they would drive all the way up to her and slam on the brakes right beforehand to make the car like screech the brakes screech to scare her and they did that to her numerous times and then they finally took her into the prison it was you know it's just this like psychological and mental torture that they put them through in addition to everything else right so it's just crazy stories my mom has told me so many crazy things yeah get Next time I see her mom, I'm going to give her a special big hug because I love her so much. And that, um, that is, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. You know, this is, this is the reality. Um, and yes, it's been, the country has, you know, gone sick of it. Right. Uh, yeah. they're, they're finally like, this is a full blown revolution now, but this news or this story that, Manu's just shared. This is from 1983 or 84. It's been going on since 79. And these, 43 years of this. Yeah. Four, yeah. 43 years of it. It's just now getting the attention it, it needs to, 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 and even more to get, to get these criminals. And that's what they are. Criminals yeah. to, to, to be out, to be uh, expelled from that country. Oh. You know, yeah, I mean, people are sick of it. I mean, you got, what is it now? 31 provinces protesting. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly we've had protests in the past. We had the green revolution in 2009. We've had, we've had a lot of, um, you know, um, protests that have sprouted up here and there and, and in a lot of cities, but never anything like this in the last 43 years. I think people are just fed up with it. And, um, you know, yeah, it started off with, with the killing of a, of a 22, 22 year old girl, Massa, I mean, or known by her Kurdish name as Gina. Right. But, mm-hmm. But it goes, it goes, it goes so far beyond that. I, it, that was just the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It was, yeah. it was something. Just it just triggered everybody more than ever before to just be like, especially women, you know, especially girls. And you're living through an age, and I think it's important to note that, despite there being uprisings in the past, I think this one is really special because it's the younger generation. I mean, this is you know Gen Z doing this, yeah. um, or at least starting it. And it's women, it's girls, you know, and, and definitely, you know, our, our, our Iranian brothers are behind them and every, you know, everybody, everybody's supporting, but this started off with girls. They think you're living in an era of social media. They've seen, you know, the rest of the world and, and they want the rest of the world to see them and what they're doing. Everybody's just they're sick of it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, no, um, it's uh, it's a, we're living in, this is a historic time. This is a yeah. historic time. Uh, yeah. We've had, there's, as far as uh, how, you know, the diaspora is, is trying to help from the outside, there's only so much we can do. I mean, the, the real heroes are the people inside the, the, the run that, yeah. that are actually, they're actually risking their lives daily protesting, yes. right? Mm-hmm. It's not even, it's more, it's a revolution, full blown. And, and 
many lives have already been lost. We and unfortunately, uh, last I checked, which I, I'm sure is is not the actual number, but 200 have been killed. Uh, oh, that's much. Yeah, it's, it's I'm sure it's much higher than that. That's you know, uh, the, the Iranian government never really admits to how many people they've actually killed, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they didn't even tell your family that your mom was alive. Like, I mean, that's how far they'll take it. They went a step further and told her, told them she was dead. Yeah, right. Was, right. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So that and and by the way, to so then when the news finally came that she was alive and and that she was going to be released, how did that you know how did your dad find out all of that? How did that? My happen? dad. It's interesting because he actually has like a I think like a journal from that time and in, in it they, he had written something along the lines of like you know they killed my love or, or something like that. Um, so I, I I've asked him that question before. I'm like, well, well, you know, you how did you find out? And he was like, I don't know. I just, he's like, I felt in my heart, she wasn't dead. Like I could just feel she was still alive, you know? And, yeah. and so he kept searching. I mean, he went from, to prison, to prison, to prison, like just trying to like, from like different government um, buildings to other ones and trying to figure out and, and pretty much knocking on every door he had to, and, and ended up figuring out that, that she was actually alive. I don't know after how many days, yeah. um, but found out that she, you know, she was alive, thankfully. And, um, and, you know, just, just started fighting for her case after that, right? To just kind of, to get her out of prison and, and see if they could maybe transfer her somewhere else or, yeah. you know, that's because that's where they originally, that's where they lived. They lived in Mazadan. They lived in, right. you know, the North. So, um, yeah, he just, he didn't believe it. Yeah, no, uh, they're, they're, that's powerful, man. Um, and then how- Well, and also I feel like the Iranian population knows, right? Like they also know the tricks that this regime plays and like messes with people and like- yeah unfortunately like especially baha'is and other mi- like mi- minorities who have been persecuted constantly like they're they're kind of you know yeah well versed in the tricks of the regime right well, of course yeah yeah it, it's it's sad that you know the the people living in iran and and the ones that have experienced that life in there as as now you know the elderly they that are outside of iran they know yeah. like we the fact that we even have to know that that to not take the government's word for at, at value is already yeah. it's already like scary and sad yeah, um, for sure. but um yeah it's so then uh, and and i know this is not just about your your personal experience and mine but it's important it's important i wanted to get a firsthand person who's experienced this um that i'm lucky enough to call a close mm-hmm. friend as well uh and that's something i actually wanted to discuss is the fact that you and i are were raised in America, right? We were raised here because of that, because of yeah. situations like that. Um, and both of us, uh, had our, our, both of our moms have done time in prison as mm-hmm. she just alluded to, uh, yeah. before we were born, we were, neither of us were born. Um, yeah. my older sister was born. Manush is the older sister. So, um, my dad was raising my, I mean, I've already shared that story on here before, but my, my dad was uh, raising my sister at three years old, uh, three to four, four years old. And my mom did a year with my grandmother and, you know, they, similar psychological things they do with her. They would put a, uh, the shrine of, of the prophet of the Baha'i faith um, on a chair and they'd force her to, to sit on it and also recant, recant the Baha'i faith and tell tell the guards that she's Muslim and no longer picture Baha'i. picture of the, of the son, right? Of the Baha'i. Yeah. 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 Right. The picture of the son of the, of the prophet. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abdul Baha's his name. Um, but my grandmother, and this is, this still like gives me shivers till this day um, is she would tell my mom that, and they were, 
as they were doing that, they were beating my grandmother's feet in front of my mom. And they were saying to, to my mom to sit on this uh, picture and recant the faith or else they would keep beating my grandmother. And mm. while getting beat, my grandmother would tell my mom that if you uh, recant the faith or, or if you sit on the picture, you're no longer my daughter. So yeah. it is just, yeah, it is, it is incredible. You know, it's just, it, they, they had a lot of willpower and faith. My grandmother did my mom too. And, and, and she didn't. And, you know, luckily, can we talk about the strength of Iranian women for a second? Hell like, yeah, man. Iranian I mean, women go so hard, dude. I keep like, posting it. I keep posting. I it, mean, man. these stories, right. And it's funny because you and I were talking earlier and I was telling you, like, I, I remembered that story and I, and I, I had told you and you're like, I can't believe you remember that. And it's just, you know, you, it's hard to forget a story like that. Right. And I, I've never forgotten that story from, and I heard it when we were kids and that, and you know, the stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum and things haven't changed. I mean, I, when was it 1984? No, it was later 1987. I think there were 10 Iranian women ages, um, 17 to, I want to say like 54 that were, that were taken to prison to recant their faith. They refuse to do it. And it's like, this is like a super, like every, I mean, every behind knows the story. And, and specifically the 17 year old I'm talking about, her name was Mona Mahmoudisha. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was, um, I think 16 when they arrested her. I think she spent her 17th birthday in prison. I could be wrong about that, but she was 17 when they hung her, they executed her. Yeah. And the way they did it is they had the nine other women in by age, like by oldest to youngest, they, they hung them one by one to get, the, get her to recant her face, to get all of them to recant. And she didn't. And when she, you know, got to the end, like kissed the noose, put it around her neck. Like, and, and the, the story of your grandma and, and, and get her, her feet. Um, that was like a, I don't know if it still is, but very popular torture method back then, especially for Baha'is for some reason, mm-hmm. they would, they would um, whip your feet, the, the soles of your feet with a cable and then make you walk on your bleeding feet over and over again and they do it again and so and they did that to her i mean she was 17 and so it, it really for for those of us who've grown up with these stories like unfortunately none of what's happening today and none of what's happened in the last 43 years is a surprise to us and beyond not it not being a surprise we're like i don't think any baha'i or any like most iranians quite frankly like i think we all know someone who's been in prison mm-hmm for something ridiculous like religion or for being an, you know, an ethnic minority, um, the LGBTQ plus community, like every, I mean, anyone who does not subscribe to this quote unquote, like theocracy or does not, you know, subscribe to this, this concept of a Supreme leader, you know, um, it's treated like this. It's, it's unfortunately not a surprise at all. And by the way, if you guys think that the, if you're Muslim, you're safe, no, it's no, you're not no. safe. That's not, not at all. That's not even the point of this. That's what no. I mean. It's not about Islam. It's about no, it's about bullying. It's about uh, basically putting their feet literally on people's throats to force them into their ways, into their. I'm gonna cuss. I'm sorry if your kids are nearby, but <laughs> <laughs> tell them it wasn't me. No, they can't hear. Don't worry. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. No, it's just they. They're fucking like pieces of shit that's just been. They're uneducated uh, and they're just. They're just wolves. And I hate to say wolves because I've talked to another guest of mine previously. It gives a bad name to wolves. It's like <laughs> wolves are, are, are kinder and, and they're actually good animals. I always was against using that, uh, um, whatever the word is, because I wasn't born here. But <laughs> it, it's uh, that analogy. I, I hate using that analogy because it's, you know, but 
for 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 the masses that understand that's what it is it's it's yeah. it's just a bunch of uh wolves that have occupied this land and they've been there and it's time to go and um i'm i feel cautiously optimistic that that we're closing in on something special here and yeah i don't know i feel like uh it's um you know like you and i just the fact that our parents came here for for you and i to just uh always get in trouble <laughs> and just, <laughs> you sir you sir uh, i was always getting in trouble because of you guys thank you very much <laughs> yeah I, I knew that was coming talk about not better i've known <laughs> quite frankly i was like the grandma of that group so let's not put it on me like everyone knows i was like the you know goody two shoes never got in trouble until you guys did something so and even yeah. then wasn't your dad always like no i know it wasn't man who she was like it was like you guys i know my dad you i mean our good friends <laughs> deservedly so my my dad would never take my side we had we had farsi class like we would take farsi class and and the first person to get beat up was me by, by who? Okay, but like you were the loudest. You talked the most. Like you would think like, no, you know your dad. Like why would you yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like your dad is the kindest human. He's so <laughs> kind. You got in trouble. Him. Your dad's amazing. You got in trouble because you were, you were in trouble. Like, let's be real. Like, you know, don't put would, this on your head. <laughs> who would have helped change my attitude and, and actually behave if it was your dad who was teaching? <laughs> yeah. Manish's dad, I swear to God, like, Every time I saw him as a kid, I tremble. Like, I wouldn't sh try to show it, but he had this mustache that was mean. <laughs> has, I, still has? Still has it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, um, it's, yeah, I, I love, I love your dad, man. Salbit is, yeah. is cool. But, you know, it's just, as a kid, he, he had this very authorita authoritative look to him. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm not messing with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, I got to say it, man, we, we were lucky and we lived, we lived a life of yeah. privilege, like being able to have a chance here, you know, like a hundred, I mean, listen, beyond just being like a, a, a religious minority, right? Like, first of all, like, let's speak to what religious minorities can't do in Iran, right? Particularly Baha'is uh, can't own property, can't have government jobs, can't have higher education. They can't go to university. Mm -hmm. Then they started, they started their own university and they started imprisoning the professors left and right. Right. Yeah. Um, can be buried in the same cemetery with uh, with the others, with like Muslims. And then they come and desecrate the Baha'i cemeteries. Like they come in, right? So like, that's like that's the one side, right? Then on the other side, as like an Iranian woman, things I wouldn't be able to do, dance in this, right? Like sing publicly, like there, and then, and then- um, Everything we, we got we'll to go do to here, by the way. Stadium. Yeah. Sorry. Everything you and I got to do here, like you were able I, to do I mean, all listen, my existence, like I would have been in prison like this, like so fast because yeah. it, you know, you, you like showing your, like Masa Amini was killed. She was, she was following the compulsory hijab. She was following the veiling law. She had a little bit of hair sticking out and they beat her until she went into a coma and died. Like, this is what we're talking about. And it's, and unfortunately, this was not the first time that they've killed like a young woman. They're killing, what they, the, um, they're killing 16, 17 year olds. There's a seven year old that was just killed. I in saw that. They beat her, you know, they're shooting people, they're killing people. And, and this is why, like, I, I've kind of been beating this drum so much that we have to bring awareness to this. And I know in other movements, like other social movements, um, not, not necessarily calling this a social movement, um, 
you know, strictly, but definitely in other movements there, there's been talk of like, Hey, don't just do lip service. Like don't just post on social media, totally valid by the way. But in this specific movement, right. And in this revolution, it actually is the biggest help for anyone outside of Iran to post. And I'm, I, I, I've said this, everyone I know, I plead with everybody, please, any story you see an article, a video a me, I mean, I don't care what it is post about it because it brings awareness. And I think it also brings awareness to the international community, international legal bodies, um, you know, and, and it, and it brings attention to these situations and what's going on in Iran, especially given the fact that the Iranian government has shut down the internet. Right. And it's like, I know people have asked me like, well, then how are people getting videos out? Like, because Iranians are brilliant. This is Gen Z. Like I said, they have VPNs, they get around these blocks and they're, they're literally doing these things at their at the at the risk of their lives Mm -hmm. just to get these videos out to us so that we can like you know share it and show the world their bravery so like i i beg everybody who's listening to this podcast like all of your subscribers everybody please like anything you see don't think it doesn't matter it matters so much i mean it's it's finally we're starting to garner some like serious um you know, media attention yeah. where for the first like three and a half weeks of this, there really wasn't much. That's and right. what there was, was a lot of it was like inaccurate reporting. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. and, and I'll take it even a step further and I'll have these links in the description of this episode, but uh, there are two petitions that we're, we're urging people to sign. It takes very little time, maybe 15 seconds at most. There's an amnesty international one to push the UN to get involved, like actually get involved. Okay. Yes. They're posting on their Instagram right now to that, you know, they stand with, with the people of Iran, but we need more. We need, we need this government expelled and, and, and they need to pay for the 43 plus years of, of essentially massacre and genocide that they've been committing against the innocent Iranian people. The other one is change.org. And this one is really close right now to 500,000 signatures, which is the threshold we needed to reach. I think last I checked last night, it was at like 491,000. So we're really close. Um, This one will also uh, lead to the eventual expulsion of this uh, government, this regime, this murderous, whatever you want to call it, this criminal enterprise. Um, So I'll put both of those links in the description. I've been vocal about human rights uh, from, from you know, when black lives are, were in danger in this country to uh, the Ukrainian uh, massacre that's taking place right now. I, uh, Armenia, like the genocide that took place in Armenia. Afghanistan. And Afghanistan. There, and I've said this before. It, it's sad that there, this list is so long. But, you know, you know in, in, two, in 2022, we're talking about this shit. Like, this is... Like, um, and I urge, man, uh, any, any movement that's out there that's, that, that is for human rights, it has no borders. Let's not think about borders, right? Human rights is human rights. And and I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to finish with this is yes. Marinish and I were, were born and raised in the Baha'i faith, but, uh, and, and this is me speaking, I'm not speaking for, for you, but, um, it's not about religion for me, okay? Yeah. It's never been about religion. Um, it's about being humans, man. Yeah. Um, whether whether you're a devout uh, follower of your faith or religion, whatever you are, I have no I have no beef with that. I'm not here to try to change you. If you are loving it for your own mental health and for your own peace, more power to you. 
but we were all born as human beings before that. No one can sit here and argue that. Okay. I don't, I like, it's not an, about to be, I'm not sub, trying to argue it. It's the, the bottom line is it's a fact. We were all born uh, before we chose whatever path we chose. And, and, yeah. and, and that, that is the point. And, and all these, you know, a lot of uh, corrupt agencies and governments will try to, to confuse us with that. And, and, and that is what I'm trying to clarify. It's actually very simple. Yeah. Whatever, no, I... Yeah. Whatever opinion we have, it's, it was formed, man. It was formed after some experiences you've been through. Marinouche has her opinions. I have my opinions. And by the way, we don't agree on everything, but the bottom line is it's okay because we are humans. We're, we're allowed to have our own experiences as long as we remember that you're talking to human beings and borders are fake. I'm going to be controversial. Borders are fake. Uh, all of that is made up. Fear is the biggest thing that, that stops us from progressing. It's, 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 a, it's a figment that, that creeps in. It's taught, again, the, I always think of this example, and I'll say it now, and then I'll, I'll let you talk. I've t- talked for so long. But no. um, I, I always watch, whenever I fe- think about fear, I go um, and I watch this video of this baby, an Indian baby, in the middle of uh, India. I can't remember what part she's there's a literal cobra in her face and she's just slapping it <laughs> she's just pushing it around but guess what happens that cobra doesn't attack why because she doesn't even understand fear and the cobras what do snakes fe- sense fear that's when they attack it's like a perfect example of how not <laughs> even not understanding fear is like such such a strength right but we get to, we we're taught all this stuff right and i understand it 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 everything screams at us from our parents especially like coming here like they came here because they were trying to get away to protect us they were yeah. afraid that this would happen to us what's happening what happened to masamini what's happened to countless others uh and lazar kavi who just went straight to evin prison for uh competing i'm not even going to say that actually she- Yes. If I'm not mistaken, she's not in Evin. She's not. Um, no, for, but but w- w- when they, she was missing for a couple of days. I think they had taken her straight from the competition, the international competition. She was involved in. They took her straight to the embassy, um, the Iranian embassy from there, I think. And then, but when they brought it, like there was a point in time where everybody was like, "Oh, she's missing. She's missing." Um, they had held her there. And <clears throat> there's footage of her coming back into the Iranian airport. And when she was there, she. Essentially, I mean, everybody could tell that, and then this is something, and I'm saying this not just like based off of necessarily speculation. Like this is another reg- a regime tactic that's used, and it's not, this is not like a <clears throat> like oh we think this will happen. Like this is a tactic that has been used since the inception of this regime. Um, they forced confessions, yeah. right? So they had her come and say that um, the reason she didn't wear her hijab in the competition, it was an accident. She was in a rush to get to the arena and she could just completely forgot and she didn't put it on. And then they forced her to go and take a picture with like the head of like the international sports committee, like the Iranian head of the international sports committee. Like you can, there's fear in her eyes when she's speaking, there's fear in her eyes when she's taking these pictures. And she's one of so many, right? Like we've had the, the, uh, the, I'm sorry, I'm like stuttering here because I get so impassioned by this. They've, the, the people that they have killed during this time, 
like the, the teenagers, they have then gone after the families. First of all, let's talk about the fact that they haven't let some of these, these families bury their children. They've buried them somewhere without anyone present. Then they have, then they've told the families, right? They didn't let the families participate in a burial, in a funeral, nothing. But then after that, you know, to rub salt in the wound, then they, they have the families come on television and give forced confessions saying that, oh no, she committed suicide. Oh, she had a heart failure. It was like the, 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 I mean, you read about it, read about it on, on, on the internet, read about it in the news and social media. And, and I really hope that the, that the international news stations pick these stories up a little bit more instead of focusing kind of like on policy and like really look at the human rights aspect of this. Um, because it's, it's bad enough that this is happening, but then to add insult to injury, it's forced confessions. And how do we know this? Because then the parents are coming out and saying, you know, like, oh, my daughter was not, she did not commit suicide. They forced my sister, her aunt to say this because they threatened you. They threatened they're going to kill you. They're going to kill your family. They're going to kill, you know, they're going to take your home. They're going to, and this is stuff that they regularly do. And let's talk about the fact that a lot of these innocent girls who are in prison, right? These young girls, they rape them before they kill them because supposedly according to their, their crazy, you know, ideologies, a, a girl should not be a, a virgin when she dies. It's, I mean, like the, the things that we could say, it just sounds like some sort of made up, you know, a part of like some sort of horror movie, but this yeah. is the reality that people in Iran are living. So when you say that you and I have lived a privileged life, I mean, that's an understatement. It is. I, especially me as a woman, mm-hmm. an Iranian woman, it's an understatement. I mean, look what I could have been living. Yeah. That's hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I was, I, Marnush and I growing up, we, we got the, when we say privilege is the understatement, it's like, it is because we literally had the freedom to do everything that the poor people of Iran cannot do. We were able to dance, do choreography, be Baha'is for crying out loud, uh, be, you know, sing, uh, argue. <laughs> like, Which we did a lot of. <laughs> yeah. We were pros at that. <laughs> yeah. She always won. But, um, <laughs> and my dad sided with her and my mom. <laughs> But um, yeah, I love just, them. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they they were uh, they always they still they still talk ask about you, man. Like they're always I love like them. they're yeah, so sweet. I know they they love you and um, deservedly so. Your whole family, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, and I think the least that I can do um, now that you know I was afforded that privilege yeah. is to is to not do comedy every day which i by the way i i post before all of this went down i would post a a comedy sketch or two per day and 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 that um i can do that but i wouldn't be happy with it okay i do all of the things that i do i do it because (laughs) i i love it and it comes from a pure a pure side of me right and yeah and I don't feel pure right now. I feel I feel gross. I feel like I'm missing something. I I'm trying. I still you know not on on my social medias, but you know I'm still doing my standups and stuff. You know, but it's is it 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 really takes a lot of mental prep to kind of just be like, all right, let me just pause that the reality real quick. Yeah, go make people laugh. You know, because you know I have these commitments, but. I mean, quite frankly, like, I don't even know how you're even doing your stand up right now, like from like a mental capacity, because it's like you said, it's like it's that's so hard because 
and I say, I don't know how you're doing. I mean, like, I don't know how you're emotionally able, like good on you. Cause I, you know, I, I, my friends and I were talking about this, like our other Iranian friends, it's we're a mess. (laughs) We're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. And, and there's a, there's like a video online right now on social media saying, this is how Iranians feel right now. And it's like, they're just like looking on their phone over and over over again. And it's a cartoon. And it's like, as they're looking like each video, like as, as the screen lights up each video, creates another crack in that person and 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 as as cliche and and possibly dramatic as it sounds the iranian diaspora's heart and the iranians in iran beyond I mean, beyond the diaspora is breaking i mean the the fact that we're talking about seven-year-old kids 16-year-old kids have, but the fact that we had we had this regime go into a university or excuse me into a high school into an all-girls high school and try to force them into a pro-regime rally and to sing a song that was like praising the Supreme leader. And then when they did it, these girls, I mean, I mean, it blows my mind. These are high school girls. Like what's high school, like 14 to 18 year old girls, right. Refusing to do that. Despite these grown men being there and threatening them, they beat them. Mm -hmm. I think how, I don't even remember the last count. I think it was like 10 were severely injured. Like I think 70 others, um, were arrested and one of them was beaten to death beaten to death by grown men a teenage girl like it's i you can't make this stuff up so so like this is what i'm saying going back to your point about you know you've been having a hard time understandably so i mean i think all of us are having a hard time with this that's that's an understatement right we just it's it is all the emotions right You're, you're like you said we're cautiously optimistic we are terrified. We're heartbroken. We're devastated. We're proud. I mean, you know, we're, we're incredibly proud. And and I want to just say this real quick. And I know we talked about Iranian women a couple minutes ago, but I just want to say like in our call, this is not like, I don't want people to think that this is like a new thing. Iranian yeah. women have always been badasses, and I'll yes. like, like mm-hmm. always to the point, like because I think that in the in the West, there's this like mentality of like, oh, Middle Eastern women are so oppressed, and this, that, and the third, and like, let's talk about the fact that over seventy percent of Iranian graduates, college graduates, are women. You know, oh, let's yeah. talk about the fact that like, yeah, it just, I mean, Iranian women in our culture, we have we have a term for how strong women are. We have a term called shizan which means like a lioness means a woman that is a lion. We have that, that term in our culture for a reason. That's not new. Iranian women are not the types that are, um, you know, like quick to, to, to lie down and take a beating, you know, figuratively or literally, I mean, you're seeing the videos, right? Iranian women are unbelievably strong, um, stubborn. And I mean, ask my, my, ask my husband, he'll always (laughs) tell me like, I remember there was a, there was a comedy show and my husband is, he's American. And, uh, there was a comedy show, um, years ago and someone touched on, it was like on, on, on Iran, on Iranian women. And they said something along the lines of like, um, I think like it was like the only pe- like the only people. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the Daily Show. It was the Daily Show in 2009, right like a month before the Green Revolution, and they had gone to Iran. They went to Iran, um, and and the the I remember the reporter coming back and talking to John Stewart on the show and saying to him that like John Stewart was asking about it, and at the point that this aired, the the Green Revolution, like the 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 Green Movement had started, and um, he was asking him about it, and obviously they did their like funny little skit. But then he got very serious for a minute at the reporter and was saying that, um, you know, 
the Iranian people are the most hospitable, the kindest and everything like that. And then they also had talked about Iranian women. And it was like the only people who think Iranian women are like meek and subservient and like whatever are people who don't know Iranian women. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and my husband was like, he looked at me, he was like, um, yeah, <laughs> like, they don't know. They have no clue, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just, just all of that to say, I, I, I think all of us are a mess right now, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean all, all, only- all Iranians right now are just not okay <laughs> check on your iranian friends they're not yeah, okay yeah man it's it's true um yeah and it's it's uh the only way i can even do my stand-up is to talk about it before i actually get into my jokes i i have to like yeah. just, i just mention it i'm like and and you which ties into what you said and i always i keep saying this uh i see i say it on my socials i also say it on my stand-up yeah iranian women go so hard and it's not just from this current what you're seeing now historically Iranian women have gone hard like oh, yeah. some of the top names in history and it's a long history that this country yeah. has these 43 years were eventually is just going to be a dark small chapter of the grand history of this country you know this nation mm-hmm. yeah yeah I and, hope so and- I hope so yeah what was the first like one of the there's an example her name her name was Tahira and she actually was actually uh, ended up being like a follower of the, of the Baha'i faith, one of the early followers right. in the inception of the faith. But we're talking about like over 150 years ago, and don't quote me on that exact timeline because I don't remember the exact amount of years. But um, you know, it was at a time where like there were she, she took off her veil in front of a group of men, yeah. um, and and it was like absolutely not. Uh, yeah, back that it's interesting because back then there was veil, like compulsory hijab, and then, then then we went through a period where there wasn't. Yeah. And like that, and sorry, real quick side note, little tangent here, but like another thing about about the Middle East, like I think again, the the West thinks of the Middle East in a different way. But like, look at the pictures of Iran. Look at the videos of Iran. Like you know, in the, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, yeah. we're talking like it was bell bottoms and luscious hair and like mini skirts and, yeah. you know, what they call discotheque and like, you know what I mean? Like all of these, like, yeah. right? Like yeah. it was, it was, a, it was a very modern country. It was a very modernized country. And, and obviously there were, there were people had their issues with, with the monarchy at the time. And there's a reason that that yeah. revolution happened, but like, that's neither here nor there right now. Right. right. But the Pahlavi dynasty is what, what you're, what you're right. Yeah. yeah. But like back, yes. And, but, but back, you know, back then Tahir, she took off her, her veil in front of you. I mean, she was yeah. eventually killed. Right. right. Okay. But it, so like you said, to your point, Iranian women have always been badasses. They've <laughs> always been strong. I'm not just saying that because I'm an Iranian woman, but, <laughs> but no, but in, in, in all seriousness, like you said, like historically, yeah. I mean, it's a proven fact. And, and so it just, it, it's, uh, it's very poetic that, that this, that this movement and hopefully this revolution mm-hmm. is, is, was women driven, was girl driven, not even just women driven, like not like, we're not talking grown women necessarily. We're talking young girls and, yeah. and, and, but now, you know, there's that huge support. Like, look at all these videos of these grandmothers jumping in in front of these like security forces, beating people with batons and they're telling them to stop. And we're talking like 80 year old women. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. And I think there's no, I've I've been saying this, uh, and and I, I just hope, and I know many agree or or would love to see this talk about poetic justice. I want a cabinet of women to replace this government. Like that would be that would be, dude. I would freaking go home. Like I would go to <laughs> Iran right now if that happened. I swear. 
I haven't yeah. been back. I haven't been back to Iran since I left as a kid. You yeah. know, I think you've been, I've been, you've gone, you've gone back. I went, I went once. I went once for um, a good friend's, a good friend's wedding and that, that was it. And, and, you know, um, didn't stay long, unfortunately, but yeah, I know that. Yeah. The country's beautiful, man. And and listen, yeah. I have family there. Obviously you guys heard my parents are there now, but they're, they're coming back. They, they're, uh, they've lived in the States w- since I moved here, but uh, as a kid, but I'm the only one left out of my immediate family that has not gone back. Pega has gone back. My parents, obviously. Um, I have aunt, I have a, a aunt that lives out there. I have an uncle that lives out there. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I just feel like I, and I, I want it. I want to go back there and be able to, be me. I don't want to be yeah. like. I don't want to be fifty percent of me. I don't want to be eighty percent of me. I want to be hundred percent me, and. Yeah. I, I swear to God, man, I just feel like it would be, it would be a perfect ending to this horrible movie <laughs> that, that I know. a bunch of women, powerful women take over. It's like Lion King, but the lioness queen. <laughs> I would love yeah. it. I would love yeah. it. I would love it. Um, it. I mean, wasn't it in the Lion King? Didn't the lionesses jump all on like they, on they the did. star? Yeah, they did. It was. They did. That's, that yeah. is literally what's happening right now. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Literally. Yes, exactly. You know, it, you know, I mean, from your lips, right? Like, uh, here's here's hoping that that you know, Iran is free. You know, and and the 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 slogan behind this whole movement has been um, woman, life, freedom, and, and and really that it is it is a perfect um, representation of what this of what this movement is and what this hopefully this revolution is. is it started off with women, and it's about life, but it's the overarching theme here, right? The broader theme here is freedom. They, people yeah. just want their basic human rights. And it's not just the women, right? Like it's also the men in Iran. Like, like everyone is limited in some capacity. You can't hold hands in the street. You can't be gay. You can't be, like, you can't be you. It's like you what you said, walk, people you can't have you, a dog. That's you can't, truth. you cannot be you. It's like you said, it's, it's, you have to be 50% of you. You have to be a piece of you, a percentage of yourself. And yeah. you know, yeah, you know, it's, I, I really I really hope with all of my heart that this this that this happens. I mean, that there is a actual a fundamental change of yeah. like, a, you know, that this revolution fully happens. Yeah. And no more no more Islamic regime. It, and that's bigger than Iran, by the way. It's not just Iran because they have occupied many lands on unlawfully and they're doing. Similar, oh, yeah. They're doing similar things in Pakistan. Right. Afghanistan. They, it, it, the list keeps going. Uh, I think. Yes, it, the women of Iran started this revolution and it started physically in that country. Uh, but I'm a firm believer that social media yes. has the power to change the world for the better. And, and we're, <clears throat> we're, all, we're seeing it. We're seeing it happen. And I think we got to keep going. And anyone who says, what, what is, I mean, what's one post going to do? It does a lot. Yeah, it does a lot. I I go to my comedian friends who are non-Iranian. Some yeah. of them, some of them, uh, to my pleasant surprise, share my stories on their pages without me asking. And I'll yeah. and I, I go take them to Persian food. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like <laughs> no, yeah. but no, no, but I'll, you know, yeah. there. Let me give you a perfect example of of how how um 
important social media is to all of this, right? A few days ago when Evin Prison was burning down and, and for people who don't know about it, just quick context here, but, um, you know, the news came out of Iran that Evin was burning, it was on fire. And we're not talking like a small thing. It was like, like just, it was engulfed in flames and just plumes of smoke everywhere. And people had heard explosions and they were hearing gunfire coming from inside um, the prison. And so um, no one knew what was going on and everybody was worried about all of these, like these innocent people in this being held in this prison. Um, and, and, and Western media was covering it to an extent, but one major outlet, um, the Chiron underneath had said, um, you know, something about how every prison was on fire. It has uh, sources say it have been it has been contained. Now, who were those sources? It was Iranian state television, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and you, again, you have to remember that the internet is shut down over there, right? right? So, what is coming out? A lot of what is coming out and what is being picked up by, um, you know, Western media outlets is what the Iranian government is feeding to the world yeah. versus what's actually happening. And so, thankfully, again, a lot of these Iranians were able to break through that that internet block and get these videos out and show like, no, it is not being contained at all. You know, people are not okay. There's screaming coming from the inside. We're hearing bullets like or gunfire and, um, and, and was able to kind of like, then the outlet kind of changed up up the narrative a little bit, understanding that like, okay, like the thousands upon like millions of people were, were messaging and tagging, you know, hashtagging and, you know, um, tagging them in their posts and in their stories. So, Social media matters. I mean, and it's and it's been proven time and again during these last, you know, five, five and a half weeks, essentially. Um, but like you said, like social media matters. Post on your social media. Do these podcasts. I mean, if you talk, you know, talk to the dude in the grocery store. If he asks you, your, you know, whatever, like, I don't care who it is, yeah. how it is. Get the word out. Yeah. And 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 one other thing for my for for people who are not Iranian. There are a ton of protests going on. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be one in D.C. this weekend. Actually, it's supposed to be huge. There's supposed to be people coming from all over the states and Canada. Um, you know, find protests yeah. in your local area. Go to these protests. It's not It's not anything. It, it, they, these aren't one thing. This is not political. None of this is political. This is human rights. I mean, we're talking basic human rights and freedom and liberty. That is all we're talking about. This is not like, it's not like, you know, when you're going to a protest to like support a member of a political party or like a rally to support, you know, it's none of that. This is supporting the Iranian people, people who are being killed for just, just fighting for their basic right to live to live freely without concern that if a piece of hair is showing out of their forced veil, that they're going to be murdered, you know? So please social media, huge. Like you said, get on these podcasts, talk to your friends, go to the protests, show up numbers, numbers matter. And unfortunately that's the world we live in, right? Like numbers matter. Your likes matter. Like your shares matter. Uh, But, but honestly, because it's an extension of us human beings and, and social media, it's made the world a lot smaller and it's allowed, allowed people to, to communicate with a country that can't communicate technically right now with right. because of the internet and and so i promise you guys social media is going to be the vo- amplifying the voice of these people yeah. that are fighting literally fighting bullets okay yeah. they're fighting with 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 brains that's all they have it's it's, it's they're just using their in- intellect how yeah. do they con- i've never been a a person that condones violence and i'm 
at, to my wits end with this. And, and I, sometimes I'm like, when I see <laughs> these people, like they, they have two nylon bags and this is in Iran. I, I see posts that they've made two nylon bags filled with alcohol, tie it, tie a little string to, to it. And they're throwing it at, at these mercenaries. Right. And what ends up happening is these bags break and the gasoline gets on them. So then when, if they, they can't shoot their weapons, because if they shoot their weapons, they will literally get engulfed. And I'm like, yo, this is some genius, like chess match. Brilliant. It's so brilliant. Brilliant. And I'm like, like, it just speaks to the, it just speaks to like the, the, like the people, right? Like in the, like the ingenuity and like the, the, just this, the, I don't want to say creativity, but like, I mean, really like, but, but that, but that's another thing, Pesh, right? Like, it's like, look, look at everything that Iranians are creating and have created and have done. I mean, we had, we had a, um, uh, what was it? A Nobel prize winner for mathematics, a woman, an Iranian woman. And that's despite, like, despite all the restrictions and the limitations. And I mean, the struggles that Iranian people have gone through for the last 43 years, look at them and, and look at how they're still, you know, striving. We, yeah. They've got like Harvard, Yale, like they have MIT has some of the has has actually brought people over from Iran yeah. because of like this. Right. So it, it totally makes sense that they would do some stuff like that. Like I, that's actually the first I've heard of that one. And that's completely <laughs> yeah. makes sense. To me. I'm not I shocked. Saw, I saw now I didn't I saw this as a as a written post that I read. So I didn't see <laughs> footage of it. Uh, but the point is, we have the power. The people have the yeah. power. We have the power. Yeah. The people in Iran are showing that they have the power. Yeah. Um, and so, and us, both the diaspora and, and non-Iranians, like we have the power to amplify these people's voices that are fighting. They're literally losing their daughters and losing their, their sons, losing people in battle. Uh, yeah. There's a journalist right now. He has two broken legs in prison um, and they're not letting him see medical attention. Th- these people in Iran are, are posting their injuries online to get medical advice from, from the West. Well, and let's say why, because right now the hospitals are taken over by the regime, even like the private ones. So that when people go there to get um, patched up from like the, the, the wounds that they're, that they're getting from um, participating in these protests from, from these security forces attacking them, Mm -hmm. they're going to these hospitals and then they're being scooped up. Another thing that they're doing to get people right, they're shooting them with paint guns as well, like little, you know, so that it marks them. And then so like or they'll they'll shoot at the house that they think that they're coming out of. Then they will knock on people's houses and see who has paint on them to then take them. Then a lot of these protesters that are being arrested are being because they're running out of rooms in these prisons, like excuse not rooms, room in, in these prisons. They're taking them to mental hospitals. They're taking them to actual like you know, psychiatric wards of hospitals and mental hospitals and, and forcing them into a re-education program, which we don't know what it is. I mean, it's, and if it follows the pattern of this regime, it's physical and mental torture, it's rape, it's execution, um, you know, disappearance. They, they, I mean, they, there are people who have, the regime have made completely disappear. Their families still don't know where they are or, or if they're alive or dead, you know, so. Yeah. I just want to say with this, and I know we've gone too long and I know you're, you have duties outside of this, uh, you're a mom and, and I, I can't wait to meet them in person, but, um, it's this, and I want to say this, this has been a movie. It's not, I didn't make this up, but there's a film called V for Vendetta. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, and there's a scene in there that, uh, that movie is about basically outsmarting the government. Right. Um, 
and it's it's like it's an anonymous the 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 social media uh, empire that's that's actually told the government of Iran that they're with the people and they're and they've hacked into Evan prison and they've been able to to expose them for what they really are which are criminals and murders anyway their their that's logo the state television yeah 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 their logo is the mask that is used in that uh yeah. film v for vendetta yeah and the and i'm paraphrasing this quote it says people will get to the point where they they realize that the people should not fear their government but that the government should fear the people yeah and, and that is literally what's dawning for well it's been there for for uh 43 years but it's finally gone to the point where the people of iran are like what's the yeah. worst that can happen i get killed <laughs> like that's literally and like that's such i i i feel like we we kind of glossed over this we didn't mention and i think sometimes when when iranians have these conversations we forget that other people don't know these things yeah. like in iran people don't have guns people yeah. don't have access to guns so this the government it has gone gasoline thing i was talking about because they right yes exactly precisely <laughs> why we like why are they doing that because they don't have access to weapons so when we're talking about these people being brave and going out into these streets it's already it, even if they had guns it would have been scary but like they're walking out into these streets facing guns facing like batons all they're facing all of these things weaponless Mm-hmm. They're going out there with their sheer will and determination, maybe some fists and some rocks and apparently alcohol. So like, they yeah. are not, you know what I mean? When we talk about these people being brave, like it's, I, I, I you know, it's a complete understatement. Like the, the, I, I can't, I can't, I can't even fathom the thought process that goes into like, you know what? A hundred percent. I could get beaten right now, you know, shot at, hit with a baton, taken to prison, like all of these things. And still, yeah. Still go. I mean, like that is the definition of bravery. It it's crazy to me. It, it is. And and one last point because and this topic is endless. We can talk about this. Yeah. We're blue in the face. But um, I saw uh, the former prince of Iran. He actually lives on your side of the, of the country. But um, on the coast, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Reza Reza uh, Pahlavi. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that. All the sanctions that have been put on this government uh, members, um, either internationally, there's been a lot. Yeah. Um, take the money that they have uh, t- frozen right now in those countries, these uh, the IRGC uh, members and, and their extended families who are living basically in these free countries. Um, he said, take th- that all of that asset. And give it to the strikers in Iran that that are striking from the the oil companies, the the steel workers, the sugar uh, factory workers that are all joining the people, yeah. Because that is gonna give them enough literal fuel to continue to do this. This the, the, there are a lot of these humongous, powerful companies that are on strike right now. This is literally breaking the legs of this regime because. Yeah. When you yeah, take these, the, are, these are the major major oil refineries, the sugar refineries that. These yeah. are these people that are going on strike. I mean, this is, you know, not to jinx it, but this is essentially how the revolution in 79 happened. It's yeah. when the oil strikers came out and were like, we're not doing this anymore because that's a huge loss of income for the regime, right? Yeah. And they 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 rely on that income not just 
for their, the corruption inside the country, but they also use that income to then fuel murder and genocide in Syria to, you know, um, to, to, for the drones that they're giving to Russia to, to fly over the Ukraine. To, I mean, let, 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 let's call a spade a spade. Iran's the, the world's largest state sponsor of terror. Yeah. You know, so when people ask also, I, I think there's sometimes a mentality among some people um, who, who, you know, I think, I think sometimes, unfortunately, as, as, as human beings, we need things to, be personal to us to matter. So if maybe if like non-Iranians have Iranian friends, it might matter to them a little bit more. But I think there, you know, there has been a narrative. I have seen things on, on, you know, on social media where people are like, well, why should I care what's happening in Iran? It's yeah. like, because this doesn't happen in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think that it does, but like that, you know, if the Iranian regime has killed military, you, United States military personnel in the Middle East, in Iraq, like they've, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, that's a proven fact, right? They've killed numerous Syrians, Iraqis, Afghans. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on. So, and when we talk about like, we're not talking about soldiers, they're killing civilians, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, this the, none of this happens in a vacuum. This is not isolated. And, and we have to think of it, like you said, like we're all humans and, and, and how would we feel if literally that was us in the country in this moment and you had to choose between living under a quote-unquote theocracy but in reality it's a dictatorship right living under a dictatorship or making the choice to go out into the streets and protest but knowing that you or your loved ones could be killed i mean it's a horrendous you're you're it's you're stuck between a rock and a hard place what do you do yeah yeah um again this is a this is a topic that's going to be on all of obviously Iranian people's minds, but, uh, and, but it's, 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 it's all, it all boils down to purifying the mind. And when you are uh, Iranian or non-Iranian, cause there's, there's a lot of people within the Iranian community who aren't, who are also hesitant to really like that are outside of Iran that to really yeah. actually participate. I'm not here to point fingers at, at anybody. That's not, that's not even the point. The point is all, it's all I'm approaching this with love and just a reminder that the people actually have the power, man. We all have, yeah. we have the strength to change the world for the better. And I said the world, Iran is a big issue right now, but it's happening in Ukraine. Ukraine has been, oh. uh, you know, from Putin's, the same thing, basically. They're, they're, them and, and the government in Iran are in bed together. And um, bottom line is, uh, whenever you're hit with a choice of whether you should do this or not, or, or reshare something that is otherwise cruel. Um, and, and when you ask yourself, why should I care? Because yeah. when you were a kid, you didn't care what your neighbors looked like. You didn't care where they were from. You didn't care what political side they were on. You didn't care about any of that because you yeah. just wanted to hug them. You know, you just yeah. wanted, you just want, so we all had that, man. We all had that at one point. And, yeah. and like, I like, we've been alluding to, we are all still that human. That's, that's the most human you can be is as a kid. It's, it's, it's everything else was taught, right. And everything else is through life experience. But if we all just think of it that way, I feel like that combined with these tools that is the social media and, and, and just conversations with people around you, we can literally take this world and make it a better place. And like Michael Jackson said, which, by the way, Michael passed away in 2009, right during the Green Movement, and that, you know, I'm a huge Michael fan, and and um, 
his whole thing, you know, that kind of had a big hand in the media coverage necessary. Yeah. During that coverage. Oh yeah. 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 It was, yeah. Cause there was, it was getting a lot of coverage at that time. And then he died and obviously like the world was impacted by his death. And then yeah. that made it super easy for the regime to be like, perfect. Yeah. Like they would already been blocking the internet and then perfect. Nobody's paying attention now. Cause obviously this, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah. I dreamt about his death, by the way, the night before he died, which was that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a whole that's other. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to plug any of your uh, socials? Speaking of which, so if the people want to ask you about this and. Yeah. Uh, I, hold on. Do I remember my social handle? I don't even know. <laughs> I think it's at me but yeah, um, you know, but feel free now. to put it under your description and, and uh, we'll I will. Go. I will. No, hundred percent. It is. And I will put it on the screen so people will see it. But okay. I got it. Yeah, it's Marinus Karamian Ainsworth. As if your name wasn't long enough. You had. I know. I know. I went and hyphenated. Although I don't think the handle is Marinus Karamian Ainsworth. Like, I think like if you search my name, that's what yeah, pops up. Right. The handle's like Marinus Karamian. I don't think I changed it there too. But yes, I know. I know. I'm reminded of that every single time I have to make a call to some sort of customer service person. They're like, what's your name? I'm like, do you have five minutes? Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Five longest name in the world <laughs> well we know a friend whose name is longer <laughs> do it no i actually think at this point mine is longer than his. is it is it i okay. almost feel like it is and honestly that wasn't even his fault that's like but i chose this i did that i'm a glutton for punishment apparently. no it's yeah. definitely his fault no I'm just, yeah and, and, and he's listening to this he knows who, who he is he knows exactly who he is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right well manush uh i love you thank you for coming I on spending yeah this thank you for having more. me on i'm honored you had me on on your premiere episode too. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. hundred percent. I couldn't thank you for covering it. And thank you for bringing more of more awareness to, to, and using your platform to bring awareness to the issue. It's so important. Thank you. It's the least I could do considering that I got a chance to live life to, to what I want. I'm able to pursue comedy and acting like that in itself is, is asinine to think about like the fact that I can do that. And, and obviously growing up playing music with yourself and, and, and just all of that. Yeah. Um, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, one of my closest friends, my sister, Mehrnush, uh, appreciate you again. Send my love to Chris and kiss the babies. And um, uh, this has been episode 86, season five premiere. Uh, and we're going to keep this thing going. And hit the subscribe button. Give me a super like. Follow me on all the socials. Follow Mehrnush on Instagram. And uh, I'll catch you guys on episode 87. Yeah.